Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today. We're in a series entitled Everyday Sermons. And we're learning that God speaks to us all day long in many, many situations. And the intention of the the series is, is really to make us sensitive to the voice of God. You know, you don't have to hear God just on Sunday in church. He speaks to us through the whole creation. Oh yeah, it's out there. It's preaching loud and clear if you got ears to hear and a heart to understand. We begin noting that God speaks to us all day long. We rise up in the morning and get dressed for the day. God is telling us that we need to be dressed in our robes of righteousness for when we stand before him. When we go to the breakfast table, we're we're reminded that we look to our Heavenly Father for our provision, just like children look to their parents. At noontime, when we go to lunch, we look up at the sky and we see the glorious sun. And we learn that as the sun rules the day, so our God rules over all the earth. And then, at evening time, when we rest from our labors, and there's no longer any work to be done, there will come a time when our work here is finished. And there's nothing more that we can add to it. Nothing more. And then lastly, when we lie down to sleep, God is still preaching. And let the glory of your deathbed be even more glorious than the days that you were alive on the earth. Wow, there's the life of the Christian. We heard the sermons of the ox, the dog, the horse, the eagle. Remember when we mentioned, hey, God speaks through the animals? They all have something to say to us too. Now today we turn our attention to the fact that God speaks through the seasons. Every season, spring, summer, fall, winter, they all have a sermon. They all have something to say. Now, I love New England because we get to experience all four seasons. And uh, I complain a lot during the winter <laughs> because it's cold, but especially it's dark. I don't like it when it gets dark at 4.30. I don't like it. So I complain. Okay. But all in all, the four seasons bring us beautiful changes and perhaps help us to understand how God speaks to us in the different stages of our own lives. Did you ever think of each season as being a stage of your life? Four seasons, four stages. Let's begin with stage number one, spring. It wasn't long ago when the farmer sowed a seed on the ground with the hopes of what? An abundant harvest. That's why he sows seed. He wants an abundant harvest. He hopes to have much food with which to feed his family. 
And Jesus warned the sower not to sow his seed on the path or the highway, because there the birds of the air will eat them up, and they'll never grow. He warned against sowing seed in the shallow soil, where the roots will never get a chance to grow because they don't go down deep enough. He warned against the place where thorns grow. And if you sow seed there, he's going to choke it out, and they'll never be fruitful. But oh, the good soil, the prepared soil, the soil where the farmer has taken thought, that's the place to sow the seed. The good soil is the thoughtful soil. So in the spring, we plant seeds. And in our lives, you know what we plant? Words. Our seeds are our words. When the farmer plants seeds, he expects growth. When you sow words, what do you expect? What do you expect to get back by the words that you speak? Because when you speak words, you're sowing into people. Do we not sow word seeds all day long? Oh, yeah. Do not our actions also plant thoughts in people's minds? Oh, yeah. One man said, Our acts are as immortal as ourselves. And like the seeds, they will certainly arise. Right? So, if you sow good seed, you're going to get something back from it. But if you sow bad seed, you're going to get something back from that too. So therefore, what does the spring teach us? The spring teaches us to be careful what we sow, because we do reap what we sow, okay? And maybe that sermon of sowing and reaping comes from giving. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly, speaking of giving, will also reap sparingly, He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, it doesn't just have, there he's talking about giving, but it could be sowing love. It could be sowing friendship. It could be sowing help to someone else. Whatever you sow, that you will reap. That's what he said in Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. If you plant watermelon seeds, you're not going to get cucumbers. You're going to get watermelon. If you plant tomato seeds, you're going to get tomatoes. So think of what you plant in the lives of people. That's what you're going to get back. Spring teaches us, sow what's right. Sow what's healthy. Sow what will bring back abundant fruit. That's the sermon of the spring. Galatians 6, 8, Paul said, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his own flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So here it's a matter of, okay, how am I going to go through life? Am I going to go through life feeding my flesh or am I going to go through life feeding my spirit? And the spirit he's talking about is the indwelling Holy Spirit. He says you can either be fleshly or you can be spiritual in your daily life. And if you go through life fleshly, you're going to reap corruption. 
But if you have a spiritual inclination in your life, you're going to reap eternal life. I like that. Then we move into summer, and summer has a sermon. And we find it in Mark chapter 4, verse 28. Here's what Jesus said. The soil produces crops by itself. Hmm, that is a mystery, isn't it? You put the seed in the ground, water it, you wait, and all of a sudden, Jesus says, boom, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. Huh, can you hear the sermon? It's getting louder. Summer brings action. The soil produces crops by itself. Now, that word itself, it's the Greek word automatis. Automatis. You think we get the word automatic from it? Could be. It means self-acting. Like the, if you plant the seed, it, the seed will automatically grow. Okay? And that word is used only one other time in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 12 and verse 10, where Peter was in prison and people were praying for him. And an angel came and opened the door and said to him, Follow me. And the scripture says, When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. Huh, there's that word again. Automatus. Automatic. What happened? The gate opened automatically, mysteriously, and then they went out along the street. So, the gate didn't open on its own means. Something opened it. Just like the seed grows. Something makes it grow. And what is it? We don't, It's God. Because we don't know. We don't know the science behind that. We, we don't know why a seed, when it's in dirt, changes. And a little sprout pops up. And then it gets tall. And then there's a little grain. And then inside there's the food. I said, how does that happen? God does it. It's in the, oh, I like this. It's in the nature of the seed to grow. It's in the DNA of the seed that the seed would grow. Jesus said, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. Okay? The stages of growth. Now, the Christian with the good soil of heart will grow. And you will find yourself like the healthy wheat in a process of maturity. See, the wheat doesn't just boom, one day it's there. It's a process of growing. And so it is with the Christ follower. It's a process of growing. And it's not always easy. You know, life on the farm is not easy. There is warfare on the farm. You know that, right? Adverse weather conditions, insects, rodents, weeds, all kinds of things hinder or try to hinder the growth of the crop. So in your own spiritual growth, you might encounter sickness, loneliness, heartache, even sentimental influences that try to steer you off the path. But you must persevere. Summer is a time of persevering. You gotta persevere. If it's a drought, you persevere. 
If it's a windstorm, you persevere. The farmer can't afford not to persevere. He needs food. He's going to get out there and make it happen no matter what. And it's also a time to live in God's promises. Because just as the full fields offer the promise of an abundant harvest, so this stage of your life makes God's promises real. Okay? You're the farmer. You come out of your farmhouse. It's the end of summer. And you see the field. And the wheat has grown. You have a full field of wheat. And there's a promise there. There's a promise that you will have food. Okay? You've overcome. You've persevered. Right? The farmer's life is full of promises. And so is ours. And and God's promises become real in the summer of your life. When you can see the fruit beginning to grow. Because you've been faithful. And some of God's promises carry you through. For instance... I love you with an everlasting love. God said that. As far as the east is from the west, have I removed your sins? God said that. I will never leave you or forsake you. God said that. No one can snatch you out of my hand. God said that. I go to prepare a place for you. God said that. And I will come again and receive you to myself. See, our lives as Christ followers, they're motivated by promises, inspired by promises. And we have the kind of faith that says, oh yeah, these promises will be fulfilled. And at this stage, the summer, God is saying, prepare yourself. Are you ready for the harvest? Are you ready? Have you lived your life with the greatest expectation of reward? You get it? So you ask the farmer, are you ready for the harvest? Have you lived your life working on your farm for the greatest expectation of your crops? And now for the Christian, have you lived your life in such a way that you have the greatest expectation of your rewards? It may not be harvest time for you, but there is still time to produce an abundant crop in your life. Do you live your life that way? With an anticipation of great rewards? I hope so. And say, why do I want rewards? God is glorified when he gives you rewards. That's why. So then we move to the autumn, the fall, and the harvest has come. And when the harvest begins, the work of growth has ceased. Now you could say, it is what it is. Whatever the farm yields, it is what it is. So the question is, are you happy with it is what it is? Are you happy with the outcome? Because the outcome is at its final stage. You can't change it. You can't add to it. You can't take away. It is what it is. Are you happy with it? I hope the fields of golden wheat are a picture of your life. A life that anxiously anxiously awaits for the reapers. See, the reapers go to work now, and they bring it in. 
The harvest time is a time of celebration. All that hard work has paid off. And they're bringing in the sheaves, as the song says, right? Bringing in the crops. And it's a time of sharing and generosity and feasting. Nothing like the harvest season to add joy to people's hearts. So the spring, the summer, the fall, and now we have the winter. Winter can be very hard. It's cold, dark, sometimes lonely. Sometimes in places where there are severe winters, people, they're they're shut inside. Can't get out like they used to. Their mobility has been reduced. Live more of a confined life. And that can create a sense of loneliness. Even the trees have shed their beauty. They have nothing to offer now. Nothing. And that's why back here in New England, we see the winter as bringing adverse conditions because of the wind, the snow, the cold. But wait, God has a sermon about our condition. You know, in Psalm 51, David said in verse 5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. What he's saying is, see, when we're born, we're born with a sin nature. And that's what's alienated us from God. Everybody is born alienated from God. It has nothing to do with how good or bad you are. It's just the way it is. That's why Jesus said you must be born Again, you need a spiritual birth to be brought into good terms with God. Nothing wrong with that. Jesus did it all so it can happen. All we have to do is what? Believe in who he is and what he did. So David goes on and he says, I know I was born with a sin nature. Behold, he's talking to God. He said, you desire truth in the innermost being and in the hidden part. You will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. So here comes the sermon. The sermon of the snow. When you see the snow, be reminded of God's cleansing power on your sins. You've been cleansed. You've been washed clean. Is Christ your Savior? Have you said yes to the invitation of the gospel? Then you've been washed clean. And every time you see the snow, and don't we love seeing the snow when it begins to fall? It falls so gently and so beautiful and it's so pure. The sermon is you have been washed clean through Christ. And the wind whistles, even turning your head around. Is not the Holy Spirit the breath of God? Isn't the Holy Spirit, didn't Jesus say, the wind is like the Holy Spirit? He did. In John 3, 8, he said, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from. And you don't know where it's going. And so is everyone who was born 
of the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit of God who will guide you and lead you through life. That's why sometimes, you know, God could change our destiny. God could change our track. We might be heading in one direction. And then God moves in and he he nudges us and pushes us into a different direction. Because we don't know the plan of God totally. But I'll tell you what, it'll be good. Oh yeah, it will be good. And although the powerful wind, right, it can uproot trees, can it? But it does not compare to the power that the Holy Spirit provides in the believer's life. The strongest winds we've ever encountered, and we've encountered some strong ones. The Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the wind of God, is even stronger. You know why? Because he can do what nothing else can do. You know what he can do? Change a life. The Holy Spirit can change a person's life. As a matter of fact, he desires to change all of our lives. He's changing mine. Oh, sometimes it's only a little bit, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't want to stay like me. I want I want to be new and improved <laughs> by the work of the Holy Spirit. So think about it. Church doesn't have to end on Sunday. Yes, we love Sunday. Oh, we gather together. We go to church. We have awesome music, great fellowship. The word of God is preached, but it doesn't have to end there. God speaks to you all day long. He speaks to you through the animal creation. He speaks to you through the seasons. Here's the question. Will you take the time to listen? That's all. Will you take the time to listen? So what did we say today? Spring is a time of sowing. Let's be careful what we sow. Let's be careful that what we sow brings back good on us. Because you can sow some things that bring back bad on you. We don't want that. So we sow what's good, good words, good kindness, good helps, good generosity. And we reap what we sow. And then comes summer. It's a time of growth. And if you're going to grow spiritually, you got to persevere. And there'll be hindrances out there. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of hindrances to interfere with your growth. But you have to persevere. And then comes the autumn. A time of harvest. It's also a time of beauty, isn't it? Oh, because everything is in full bloom. It's colorful. It's beautiful. It's a time of celebration. A time of feasting. And then the winter. Well, the winter is a time of remembering. You remember. You remember the spring, the summer, and the fall. And by the way, you know there's someone who does not fear the winter? Yep, there's a person in the Bible. She's like, I'm not afraid of the winter. Bring it on. And we find her in Proverbs 31, verse 21. And here's what it says. She is not afraid of the snow, 
for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Who is this woman? She's the woman of virtue. Maybe you know her as the virtuous woman. She's not afraid of the winter because she has clothed her family, and they're nice and warm. But wait, spiritually, what does this mean for us? Well, to be clothed in scarlet means to be under the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Winter is the death of the year. And we will all experience the death of our own winter. But there's no fear when you're covered by the scarlet blood of Christ. Oh, that's what takes away the fear. So you get to ask yourself, will I be fearful at my time of death? Or will I welcome it? Not that we want to die, but we know what waits for us. You can know what waits for you. You can know by accepting Christ as your Savior. You know what waits for you? Eternity with God. I can tell you what waits for you if you don't accept Christ. The lake of fire and brimstone. There it is. There's two places. That is it. But we want to nudge you to know Christ. We want you to be covered in scarlet, the shed blood of Christ that you can have that eternal life and you can have that abundant blessing that God is waiting to offer you. Okay, next time we're together, we're going to wrap it up. Can't wait for this one. What's he going to say here? God speaks through insects. (laughs) Did you know that? Did you know God speaks through insects? You're going to find out next time. Oh, yeah. Those little buggies, they got something to say. There's a sermon from the bug world. We're going to see what that is next time. Hey, you can catch all these messages again, again and again and again. Go to the Hope Club Podcast. That's all you need to do. The Hope Club Podcast. Type it in anywhere. Or go to newhopecc.tv. All of the messages are there. And these are there. Everyday sermons. Great for drive time, running errands, relaxing. Get the Word of God in your soul. Don't forget to join the Hope Club. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu button. It's all there. All right? I'll see you next time as we listen to the insects talk.